We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Praise the Lord you are listening to the broadcast of True Bible Mission for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Millwood, Millwood, Wisconsin, where the pastor is, E. Lane Allen. Chat time. Praise, praise the Lord, Lord. it's chat, chat time. time yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now this week we are going to continue to discuss current events and scripture. Praise the Lord. So this week's phrase is, there's nothing new under the sun. You've heard that before. And that's a way of saying that everything has been seen before, there's nothing new there is nothing original these days. And, and, you know, you can tell that by how they make movies. There's always remakes of old movies and remakes and remakes. Um, yeah, there's so, just so many love scenes that you can do. After all, <laughs> there's, you know, there's nothing that you can create. So, you know, the re most recent one on TV was the uh, Quantum Leap. I really like the old version, but now they changed it. And I started to watch it. I can't even, I can't even bring myself to it. It's not that it. bad. Ah. It sort of grows on you. Um, I didn't give it enough time. <laughs> I don't care for it. Well, anyway, that phrase comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, The thing that hath been, it, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Okay. Can you believe that? Yep. It just came from the Bible. Who knew? <laughs> so we were talking about um, the Holy Spirit for the last couple of weeks, and I, I, I want to really get into this topic instead of doing a current event. Maybe I'll do that next week, but... but um, I want to know how do we receive the Holy Spirit and when do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? The Apostle Paul clearly taught that we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
Yeah, we received so through the baptism. Verse, the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, is an actual event. I know that. I, I, you know, there's some people. There's a lot of controversy. Yeah, but there there is an actual conversion. There is an actual change. There's a miraculous event. So, there is controversial because when they give an altar call, when you when you see a lot of ministers, a lot of preachers give an altar call, it's like if you accept Jesus in your heart, uh, you just say it, and and that makes you saved. I um, see. I have a problem with that. I can understand a person when they come to the altar and they repeat that. They become to me like the Ethiopian the sinner's like, prayer, like the Ethiopian person. You know, you become a believer, and your eyes are gradually becoming open, and you're getting an understanding. But by faith, once you <laughs> surrender your heart to the Lord, your conversion is miraculous. It's not something that's casual. It's not something that a person's just said, well, then, you know, one day, then eventually, gradually, you know, I just, I was just changed. I, have, I haven't seen that anywhere in the scriptures. When the Lord saves a person, that person knows that they are a brand new creature, that they have been made whole. They have been brought from death to life. And people, to me, they shortchange people. When they tell them, okay, all right, now you're saved. I was at a, uh, one of those charismatic uh, Catholic uh, services, and the priest came up, and they had him repeat, and then they said, okay, now you're saved. I, I looked at his face, and I could tell he, he, he was thinking, really? Well, you know, on the flip side of the charismatic movement, there's also a different kind of charismatic movement where they believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They believe in speaking in tongues. They believe, I mean, it depends on on who it is. I mean, because I, I went to it. I mean, yeah, years I, and years ago, I went, it was, um, actually, I think they had, um, in the basement of St. Robert's Church in Shorewood, Wisconsin, they had a charismatic meeting. Mm-hmm. And then again, I went to, um, I think it was St. James Church in uh, Mequon. And they were, they're both Catholic churches. But when I went to the one at St. Robert's, everyone is sitting in a circle. Uh, and, you know, people were, I didn't understand it. And they didn't, they didn't really explain anything. And it was uh, people speaking in tongues and then, Someone would interpret the tongues, and I, I didn't stay there. I mean, I didn't keep going back a, a lot. But I went to St. James in Mequon, and they actually have people there who take you aside, and they explain to you what is the Holy Spirit, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how do you know you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's witnessed by speaking in tongues. And I mean, it was a, it was a big service in the basement of the church. And it was um, well, this, this... worship and, and, and everything. So it, it, the worship part was going on while they were... Well, they take you in the room and they talk to you about it. Right. And explain it and all this, to you. This is why I believe in the upper room... When the apostles and the people who had supped with Jesus and had fellowshiped with Jesus, when they went 
they were waiting for something, but their faith was alive because they had been with the Lord. And so then when they went out to apostolize and, and, and witness to people about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they had to, they had to go in, in the fervent spirit of faith so that somebody else's faith would come alive and believe their story, believe their testimony. But, but when they went in the upper room, God had already prepared them. So when they were seeking and waiting for something, they knew something miraculous. They just didn't know what, but they knew something miraculous was going to happen because the Lord said so. So now when we become uh, witnesses of the power of the Lord, we're telling people about our experience, about how we have received the Holy Spirit. And by faith, we believe because we believed the people that came before us. We believe by faith, which is why the Lord told Thomas, better is he that believe without having to have proof because he knew that the people coming the saints coming after the people who were in the upper room were going to be people who were going to receive the Holy Spirit simply based upon somebody's testimony and their experience. So like when they prepare a person, it's still a miraculous event. It's not something that happens casually. A person wakes up one day and says, oh, I'm saved. No, it's not. And then, uh, too, you have to be looking for it. Right. You, you want to be, you want to receive it. You know that there's more. You know that there's something missing. You know that. And um, so going to those two charismatic services in the Catholic Church, um, I mean, I, 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 I was familiar with it. But then I remember going to my Catholic Church, and there was a period of my time in my life where I felt led to go to church every morning and I think I went for I don't know if it was like 6 30 a.m. mass and I'd walk to church every day uh, you know because they at that time they had it every day you know so and I remember being in the church early and there weren't many people there and out of the clear blue came this man from the outside and he walked all the way up into the toward the altar and he raised his arms and he started speaking in tongue mm -hmm. he didn't belong to the parish he did i never saw him before he looked like maybe he was a ethiopian or he was from a different culture you know and he, he would just stand there and, and i'm looking and and so i'm thinking about this you know it, it was an experience i never forgot and the pastor came from the sacristy and he just shooed him out you know you can't do do that mm -hmm. here you know out loud and so politely he just left mm -hmm. and then um i kept going to church in the morning and then he kept coming back every once in a while and he that's all his that's it was just like that's what the lord told him that's what he had to do and i often wondered why because uh, I've never seen him before. I, I never saw him again. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I don't know, but the Lord had a reason for him coming there. And I was familiar with it because I had gone to the uh, charismatic services before, and I, I was familiar with that. And then there was another time after that, um, there was this woman who played guitar at St. James' church in Mequon, uh, 
and they would or she would come and she would play for the Sunday service mm-hmm. and one day uh one day um it was it, well and, and you know that the Lord was working, and you know that the Holy Spirit was real i I don't think I was saved at that time either, mm-hmm. and it was almost like the Lord is just pulling me and calling me, and so uh she would play, and I was always so moved by her music, you mm-hmm. know I, I not everybody in the church liked guitar music, and you know the older people probably. You know, they they talked about it a little bit. But while she was there, I really enjoyed it. But one Sunday morning, service was all over. The mass was all over. And we were leaving. And she came running down the aisle after me. Okay. (laughs) And she brought me up toward the altar. And she sat down. And she was telling me that she felt like the Lord was telling her something about me mm-hmm. <laughs> and she sat there and sang one of her songs you know uh, on the and played the guitar for me and we talked for a little bit about the Holy Spirit and the Lord and and everything and it moved me to tears mm-hmm. you know but uh, those were my experiences so you know I can tell you what I how the Lord was drawing me mm-hmm I can tell you how he was drawing me, but, you know, and, and I know in those big, huge services when they have an altar call and they mm-hmm. tell, they, you know, confess, uh, you know, do the sinner's prayer and stuff, mm-hmm. people do feel something. They Some, may at that moment might feel in their heart someone that they by, want something. They're drawn some to something. Some by feel something. I said, but still, they... If that's where they leave them, they're cheating them out of an experience. And the Lord sees to it that if a person is truly seeking the truth, somebody will come along so that the person receives true deliverance. Uh, I think that people who have a person repeat the sinner's prayer and then tell them to go, you know, about their business, find a church, whatever, join it. I think they're just downright lazy and lack, <laughs> and lack faith. I think they get so weary because sometimes when you're praying with a person and they don't break through, you just get so weary with, and it's because the Lord said it's lack of faith. Not many miracles could be done in, in Jesus' hometown because they didn't believe. So you, you, you would wear yourself out pulling and pulling after somebody, trying to get them to believe. Jesus didn't bother trying to do that. He just told them, well, you missed out on your blessing. So sometimes when you're trying to witness to people and you're hoping they come up to the altar, you're hoping they believe, hoping that they would just give up to the Lord, they don't. So what do they start doing? Have them repeat the sinner's prayer and say, okay, you're saved. Yeah, and and so some, uh, some, you know, believe that the filling of the Holy Spirit, it, it, you know, is an ongoing process and you're, and it is, it is. I mean, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have to stay saved. You have to mm-hmm. stay but saved. But you don't, don't, but you don't lay the foundation of repentance. See, and, the, when you are converted, you're converted. When God has changed you from, from death to life, you are changed. And yes, the, the, the walk, to walk in salvation, to walk upright before the Lord, just like he had the priests. I was looking at all the things that the, in the Old Testament that the priests had to do under the law, and I said, good grief. I was looking, I said, it's constant, constant, and then the Lord let me know, because 
Salvation, living holy, is constant. It's not just a sometime thing, it's constant. So uh, our walk with the Lord has to be constant, but we're not laying again the foundation for repentance. We're now, growing. Now, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't always um, at the same time you decide to believe. Right. You know, so uh, there are a lot of people that believe mm -hmm. and, and they believe they're saved. But I have to give uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries credit mm -hmm. because out of all the uh, evangelical ministries on TV, um, I, I guess I, did, I don't know all of them. I shouldn't say that. But their ministry stresses the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They say that if, you've, that if you're saved, <coughs> now the next step is for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. where you are speaking in tongues mm -hmm. as, as evidence of your salvation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you are speaking in tongues every day, all the time, but it's at that moment something that seals you. Right. Now, I was told something like that when I came to the Lord. And he said to me, you're saved, but now you have to receive the Holy Ghost. And I'm looking. And now, I was raised in, in a holiness church. And I said, the Holy Ghost? And I mean, I was raised in, in, in the holiness church where my mother, we went on uh, prayer night and Bible study and Sunday school and and then the evening service, the morning services, the weekly services, the shut-ins. And I, but it's like it went right over my, my head. And then he said, and I was thinking, the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, but I had no idea. I, I was like the people in the upper room. I knew something was going to happen. I just didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be something miraculous. And when the Lord Save me. This, and this is what I discovered, and I stopped telling people, oh, you're saved now, but the Holy Ghost is coming to seal you. I tell you, no, when you receive the Holy Ghost, that's when you become saved. I said, when the Holy Ghost comes in and converts you, that's your salvation. <coughs> now, at the time, I was, my faith had come alive. I was a believer. But when I tarried, and the Lord came in and baptized me with the Holy Ghost, I knew right then I was saved. And that's how come it took me, it took somebody to tell me about the Holy Ghost. But it took me that long to receive the Holy Ghost because when I became a believer and I would pray and I would feel the presence of the Lord, they would tell me, now you're saved. And I wasn't. So I could not figure out well, if I'm saved, how come I can't stop lying? <laughs> how come I can't stop doing this? Why do I find myself in this type of predicament? And I realized after I received the Holy Ghost, I hadn't been saved all those times. So I tell a person point blank, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you receive salvation. Otherwise, you're like the five foolish virgins who had no oil. You'd be clean, but no oil. All right. There is a scripture that talks about when you get healed, mm -hmm. you're saved. Mm -hmm. You get saved. A and, miraculous healing, yes. Right. And I remember my mother and my dad, 
it, I remember someone inviting them to church. And mom was all for it. She was just, you know, mom was just something else. But she, you know, she would come home and she would say how people would just fall backwards and they, they'd lay hands on them and then they would fall backwards. And she was all excited about it. And my dad was just, you know, kind of drawn back. You know, I don't, I, I don't know if he really believed it or not. You know, he didn't, he wasn't certainly not like mom. Well, mom got sick. And she had this cough, and she was sick, and she couldn't get rid of the cough, and she couldn't get rid of the cough, and she couldn't. And, and the doctor, she, they just kept making appointments for her, taking chest x-rays and scans, and, and she was just feeling sick all the time, you know. And, and I remember I went, I wanted to see somebody at the auditorium who came some evangelist who was on TV, I don't know, and a friend of mine and I and my mother went. Mm -hmm. And uh, mom, well, in the course of the service, they had you stand up and, uh, I don't know, I can't even remember what he said to do, but it said go to 10 different people and tell him that, I think it was to tell him that you love them. Mom was, you know, mm -hmm. she just jumped up out of her seat and she's just walking around in the auditorium and she's hugging people and telling them she loves them and everything. And I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm kind of drawn back, you know. I'm not, I'm not as like, mom was, mom was just so open, mm -hmm. just like a little kid. Her she just, it was just like a little kid, you know. Mm -hmm. And she went on and, um, and so she... Um, we went home and everything, and then she had another doctor's appointment. And when she came home after that doctor's appointment, the doctor, she was saying, she was telling us that the doctor was afraid to tell her anything. Because <clears throat> what he felt like she had was cancer in her lungs. And after that, after that service, she had, she had no cough. She had nothing. She was, she was just healthy. She was just healed of that, mm -hmm. you know. And I believe that the Lord healed her, you know, because of her right. act of faith. And, you know, we're so um, afraid to show how much we love the Lord and how sometimes we're just, maybe it's how we were brought up too. You know, being mm -hmm. brought up in the Catholic Church, you're very, very reserved and mm -hmm. quiet and you don't, you just don't do that, mm -hmm. you know. But there's something inside of my mother that always, her faith, she and went I, with I, gusto. And I believe when, when, when she was healed, regardless of how, what everybody else was doing, I believe that personal connection with her and God, it was a miraculous thing, and I don't believe it was something that just was done so quietly that she didn't recognize the presence of the Lord, and that and the conversion that took place and the healing that took place inside of her because of her faith, and that same faith that led to her miraculous healing led to her salvation. Now, I have seen people who have received miraculous healing. I saw this young man, he had gotten into an accident, and, and uh, his, his arm or his hip, his leg, whatever he had, 
Because he came in and he had, he had a cast. I think he was on crutches. When they prayed, God healed him right there. And I saw it with my own eyes. And I realized this young man had received salvation. He had came in with his girlfriend. And when he's walking out the door, the Lord let me know, as sure as he received his salvation, he was going to lose it that night. <laughs> and, I, and I know some people yeah. that have done that. Yes. You know, I remember at work, uh, you know, the, there was this janitor, and he was, he was telling me, he was saying that he went to church, he got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and then he was saying as soon as he walked out the door, something happened, and he started cussing. Mm -hmm. He lost his salvation, you know. Yeah. But the reason I'm talking about this, not everybody is always in church. Right. Not, all, not everybody is always told about the baptism of the Holy right. Spirit. Not everybody, but they have a faith, mm -hmm. but they have a connection with the Lord, and they have that childlike faith that will lead them to the Lord to get saved. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a miraculous healing or whether you're in church, whether you're being baptized by water and you come up out of water speaking in tongues mm -hmm. or whatever it is, it's different for everybody, but the one common denominator is your faith. Yes, you have to have faith. You have to believe that God is and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't know if mom ever really knew those scriptures, you know? Right, you don't, because you have to be taught the, the, the you word. You know what I'm saying? I think it was just that she believed in God. Right. She believed. Right. And, you know. Who who knows who? There's rarely anybody that really knows the scriptures. Like I got to say that I was raised in the Holiness Church. And I probably couldn't quote you anything except Jesus wept. <laughs> but, but the thing is. I didn't know the scriptures. I just believed that something was about to happen, something miraculous. So it's got to be something in your heart. Right. It's in your heart. And, you know, there are a lot of, I, I can tell you a story about my grandmother, too. You know, but she, she brought up in the Catholic Church and rituals and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I believe that she's saved. Mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, it was, it, was, it was another story. But I can't go into it now because we're getting close to the end of our program and I'm going to cut it off but next week I want to talk about you know because there are people that have been saved for a very long time and and sometimes they question are, am, how do I know I'm saved am I still saved mm -hmm. how do I know that so I want to start with that next week okay. yes praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord this week's verse of the day comes from John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, ain't God all right? God it is, is all, all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, why should we pray and intercede for all in authority? And the answer is so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life. Well, we have to be praying. <laughs> and that, that can be found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And it reads, I exhort therefore that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. This week's food for thought is the voice of whose blood cried out to the Lord. Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.